0: You're listening to a podcast from the South China Morning Post. When Gansheng stepped aboard a train bound for Shenzhen in 1982, it would have been impossible for him to imagine that he would take part in China's economic transformation, the widest expansion of his kind in modern history. Shenzhen is symbolic of the country's rapid rise and development. In a span of a few decades, it went from a small fishing village to a massive commerce hub, housing the headquarters of tech giants Huawei and Tencent, a gleaming skyline in the world's fourth busiest container port. But as the country has evolved into an economic powerhouse, many migrant workers like Gang are still waiting for the corresponding changes in their own lives. Gang is 68 years old and he comes from a village in the central province of Hunan. He now makes a living delivering packages and the occasional passenger on his electric motorbike. He earns roughly 100 yuan or less than 15 US dollars per day, which is enough to sustain his basic needs. He never married or received an education, so his expenses are low, but urgent medical bills. Threatened to push him into insolvency. Gang's story is not unique. Hundreds of millions flocked to closed-door factories after former leader Deng Xiaoping opened up the country to foreign investors in 1979 and set up four special economic zones: Shenzhen, Zhuhai, and Shantou in Guangdong province and Xiamen in the neighbouring province of Fujian. Low-cost Chinese products were shipped worldwide as masses of labourers worked hard to turn the nation from an underdeveloped agrarian state into a manufacturing centre dubbed the world's factory. This grew China's economy at breakneck speed and lifted a record number of people out of poverty. In 2009, in the aftermath of the global financial crisis, The Chinese worker was named by Time magazine as a runner-up candidate for its Person of the Year for helping shield their country from the worst effects of the meltdown and buoy the world's economic recovery. There have been plenty of success stories. Some migrant workers became entrepreneurs, lawmakers. A great deal were able to find their footing, either in their adopted homes or after making a return to their villages as policies provided them with access to some public services and welfare. But others, like Gang, have been left behind. These migrants have been in a near-permanent state of precarity, particularly during the three-year coronavirus pandemic. Improving their lot has been a test for Beijing's strive for greater social equality popularly known as Common Prosperity. China has 290 million migrant workers, according to the National Bureau of Statistics, 30% of whom are over 50 years old. Many elderly migrant workers scattered throughout the construction, industrial and service sectors are struggling to make a living, despite having passed retirement age. A study released in June by Chiu Fengxian, an associate professor at Anhui Normal University, tracked the condition of first generation migrant workers by sending out 2,500 questionnaires and interviewing 200 people. About 60.7% of older workers said they will work until their physical health fails them, owing to the lack of stable pensions. 76.1% said they have worked past 60 years old, or are currently. As most of these workers are engaged in heavy physical labor or work in highly polluted areas, their health is generally poor and chronic injuries are common. Gang, who is working in Shenzhen, suffered one such injury after an accident in 2002, damaged his leg and rendered him partially disabled that, along with a lack of education, limited his opportunities and trapped him in lower-earning jobs. Despite these hardships, he has become used to life in Shenzhen and is reluctant to go back to his rural home, where he would be eligible for welfare. But employment prospects for him are bleak. Gang said, since the easing of the pandemic, All the rural young people are seeking jobs in Shenzhen this year. None of the factories want old workers like us. Pay differentials have also become more asymmetric. According to Professor Chiu's survey, from 1993 to 2005, the monthly wages of urban workers nationwide increased by 1,260 yuan, while the increase for migrant workers was only 68 yuan. The study showed many first-generation migrant workers had less than 50,000 yuan of savings after working for 30 years. Societal expectations mean parents are forced to provide for their children well into adulthood, even going so far as to buy their houses. With these traditions and a system which distributes lion's share of benefits to those with urban residency, this generation has been left out in the cold. In China, social benefits are based on the hukou an identity registration system that delegates access to education, health care, and pension services. Benefits for rural and urban registrants differ greatly. Urban workers often have a monthly pension of several thousand, depending on their region of residence and previous contributions. But the rural elderly only receive around 100 yuan per month. 70-year-old Yan, who is reluctant to give his full name, is still working as a security guard in Zhengzhou, Henan province. He took the position to help his son, who lost his job during the pandemic but has a 1 million yuan mortgage left to pay. Yan's job pays 2,000 yuan a month, far more than he could earn by tilting his plot of farmland and Yan plans to continue working until his physical condition no longer allows it. Without city medical insurance, all he can hope for is not to get sick. He said, We don't receive a pension for several thousand yuan a month like city residents. For small illnesses, we take medicine. For major illnesses, we can only wait for death. According to the Ministry of Human Resources and Social Security, In 2022, the number of people covered by basic pension insurance, where the rural population is most of its payroll, was around 550 million, and the fund's expenditure was about 400 billion yuan. For urban workers, over 500 million people were insured in the basic pension insurance, with expenditures of nearly 6 trillion yuan. That's nearly 15 times as much as rural pensions. First-generation migrant workers are mostly urban wanderers who do not have stable jobs or labor contracts. Because of this, Zhao Xijun, a finance professor at Renmin University, said they rarely have fixed pension accounts and consequently lose a number of benefits. Though Beijing has largely eased hukou requirements for big cities like Shenzhen, property ownership, education, or age are often used as criteria for registration. Suzanne Choi, a professor of sociology at the Chinese University of Hong Kong, said rural migrant workers in some cities still receive different treatment, despite promises to widen access to local welfare through a points-based system. Sen added, It is unclear whether these proposals will be accepted and how they would be implemented. And even if implemented, their impact on the lives of migrant workers is uncertain. Although the need for equal public services and better pensions for rural migrant workers is well known, it is an especially hard issue to solve while local governments are laden with debt. Times are tough even for those who manage to get a job. For the elderly migrant workers who were employed, Professor Chiu's survey shows one-fifth did not actually receive their promised salary. With little recourse, they tend to turn to friends or relatives for help. Around 13.5% just give up. Duan, a widower selling food on the street of Shenzhen said, We migrant workers can only accept our fate when we are owed wages. Originally from northeast China's Heilongjiang province, Duan did a variety of part-time jobs across the country over the past three decades, but none of them carried benefits that could help him contribute to social security and settle down. My last factory job was before the pandemic, Duan said. Many factories shut down during COVID I had zero income in 2022. Duan has been struggling to pay social security as a flexible worker, and would need to pay in for another 100 months to qualify for a government pension. He said, I don't think I'll live to see that. Beijing has repeatedly failed to achieve common prosperity, which refers to affluence being shared by everyone. Beijing also said it finished lifting all 98.99 million rural poor out of extreme poverty in 2021. But a pandemic and a strict zero COVID policy that followed have hampered those efforts. After numerous businesses were forced to shut down, many of these first generation migrant workers are right back where they started. Edwin Lai, a professor of economics at the Hong Kong University of Science and Technology, said China has made historic achievements in reducing poverty, but the mystery of migrant workers has exposed a weak spot in Beijing's ambitious plans. Edwin said progress in the push for greater equality must be made carefully because rigid enforcement of the policy may scare away the private sector and erode their confidence. Chen Zhiwu, Chair Professor of Finance at the University of Hong Kong, said China currently lacks an information channel through which the central government can directly understand the living conditions of poor people making it difficult for Beijing to judge the progress of poverty reduction efforts. Chen added that China still has enough fiscal room to improve basic protection for migrant workers and increase financial support, while a more transparent mechanism is needed for citizens to monitor the use of poverty elimination money, Chen said without institutional infrastructure to ensure that every dollar spent by the government is actually done in accordance with the common prosperity principle. The results we see are not surprising. They need to let these migrant workers make their voices heard.